All right. like awkward silence eric you know while the intro plays yeah i need to I'm bring you to headphones <laughs> then you can hear it i can kind of hear it <laughs> oh you can yeah oh, i can kinda, i get a little bit of it oh good it's your it's your dope ass theme song right? it is the dope ass theme song i love yeah. that theme song oh you do <laughs> oh yeah all the it's genius. not a cast pod <laughs> exactly <laughs> all the genius of teddy beats um, welcome to the hey Frage podcast i'm your host sarah frazier and today i'm so excited because sammy remains on vacation so i needed to find some fantastic fill-ins and i have to say eric sanchez when i was thinking about who i would want to co-host this podcast you know you were top of the list i mean i i seriously doubt that i feel like maybe <laughs> the uh, other 10 best uh can can make it uh you had paul wharton on yesterday though so you went from the most handsome man in Washington, maybe the least handsome man in Washington, <laughs> which is totally fine. I'll, I'll take, you know, second best. I don't know if that's true, though, because I would say your hair rivals Paul Wharton. You have a very thick head of hair, my You know, friend. I stopped uh, submitting my resume. I just sent a picture of my hair. And I assume at some point I'll just get a CEO position out of it. I just haven't gotten to that point yet. Well, I, you know, and I would said to you, I sent you some show prep this morning, but I kind of almost want to ditch all the show prep because you have such an interesting life. And for people who don't know who Eric Sanchez is... <laughs> I have I have crowned you basically the king of Kickstarter campaigns, of crowdfunding, of essentially any sort of epic rally. You have you have an unbelievable ability to like tap into a pop culture moment and make it huge. Well, I remember when we had lunch for the first time, you told me that I was your Chris Jenner. And I I was like well, I appreciate that because she knows how to make that money, but at the same time, her family is batshit crazy. So, like, I mean, I guess I'll take I'll take the gift of it, even though now her her family's in complete chaos. But that works. So let me give you some setup because because your day job, by the way, is a right. consultant here That's in right. DC, right? In, in politics, mm-hmm. okay. But you probably know Eric. You've been on Jimmy Kimmel live right. uh, because Eric raised how much money to get Kenny Loggins to perform in your um, uh, living room? We raised thirty thousand dollars in nine days. Which Damn. was like, which was ridiculous, and I, I, I'll tell you a little bit of the backstory of that. I was that is freaking amazing. Yeah, I was I was bored at a work conference, uh, and I saw that he was trying to get money for his album, and there was a little disclaimer that was like, for the high, highest dollar item, you got to go check out his website. I ended up somehow getting connected with his manager, and all I asked her was like, how much would it cost to get the show to happen? And she was like, well, it's gonna it's gonna take you thirty grand to get there. And so I was like, well, I don't have that money to do it. But, and I didn't tell her any of this, I just went and launched my own Kickstarter project, and it was as simple as, I just want Kenny Loggins to play in my living room. Oh, my God. And uh, I threw it up on Facebook. I threw it up on Twitter. It was a complete joke at first. Uh, and then this thing started catching wildfire. And then the next thing I know, it ends up you know interjecting into the local media cycle and all that stuff. But then also having some friends that work in local media that I'm friends with on Facebook, they saw that it was picking up steam. And I remember my friend Alan Gomez, he works over at USA Today, but he covers immigration. He's like, against my better judgment, I sent this <laughs> over to our tech person. So if I've created a monster, it is what it is. But literally that story propelled it into like the national sphere and like within maybe an hour I got a call from the Jimmy Kimmel folks to go on and I feel like that was really where it all just went apeshit. And by the way so you Skyped right with with Kimmel? 
Uh, yeah, I Skype right? with Kimmel. Okay, yep. okay. Yeah. So you don't get to, do you get to talk to Jimmy before the the, uh, the interview, or do no. you, you have a producer that basically preps you, right, and says, yeah. you know, Jimmy's going to ask you X, Y, and Z. Exactly. And so uh, it was. I, I got home like three. They wanted me to get home and test the connection like three hours beforehand. And I'm literally like going around my apartment. They're asking me to move all my furniture. Oh like my asking God. me. So so literally, there was like four lamps in my kitchen just to create the lighting for all this stuff. Like it looked like a serial killer's household <laughs> with all like all of my prized possessions were just in my kitchen. It looked psycho shit. And so um, <laughs> you know, we finally got to a point uh, where it all worked out. But literally, like I'm looking at my computer and it's like Kimmel Star and his monologue. I don't even know what time I'm hopping in. But then finally, the feed kind of kicks in. But I didn't have any like startup report with Kimmel. We didn't even chat at all. It was just all off the cuff. Oh my god, I love Jimmy Kimmel. And I'm like obsessed. He's, he's great, amazing. But the thing that took me for a loop, he had this music quiz and he was like, look, if you're really a fan, you gotta finish <gasps> the lyrics. And it's like, wow, now this has really turned into... I like, would not have known that. Did and, that. like, Were you crapping your pants? I wouldn't have known. Do you know Kenny Loggins' songs, really? Thankfully, the ones that he picked out, um, one was like main, one was a Caddyshack theme song and that one was easy enough because okay. I heard, had heard that a billion times. But then Danny's song, which is like this off the beat, like Loggins and Messina. If you heard it, you'd know it. And it was in like. um, Danny's song. Yeah, it was in Wet Hot American Summer. You know, the one that was like, even though we ain't got money. Oh, yeah, sure. You know that song? So I was just, I was able to just hit that out of the park because then I thought to myself, you know, when like. You almost get into an accident, but then you don't. But then you, <laughs> later later on, you have the panic attack where you're like, man, have I gone into that accident? Like, you know, I could have My whole life, life. would have changed. Everything yeah. would have changed or whatever. Like, I thought to myself afterwards, like, if I didn't nail those lyrics, I would have been screwed. Like, would have been, like it would have looked really embarrassing for someone who's trying to raise money mm-hmm. to have this concert and says he's a Loggins fan to be like, oh, shit, he doesn't know any lyrics. Like, so. I'm playing it now. Yeah. We needed you to get headphones. Fuck. <laughs> it's all good. No worries. <laughs> oh, I know this song. Yeah, once you hear it, you know Love. this song. Oh, my God. This is one of the best, like, folk songs ever. Oh, but by far. Great for breakups. Break, great for all that shit. But it's just like, you know. Oh, my God. This song is amazing. Brings you back, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I didn't even, you know, it, it took me a while to realize. Like, I didn't realize he, it was a part of that song. Like, because his voice is not really that recognizable if you've listened to it some of the later oh, stuff. But I'll, then amazing. again, I'm like, I'm 31, and it's like, uh, people are like, Eric, how do you know any of this shit? But I always... <laughs> Don't worry, I'm an old soul on this podcast, too. And yeah. since the Kenny Longins thing, by the way, you've been known for, um, well, Comet Ping Pong. That's the, right. The rally that happened there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You started that, which got thousands of people to RSVP Absolutely. that they would be there that day. What was it? Another... It, was this true or not? But I saw something about, are you raising money for Sinbad to, to start a film, or was that part of the joke? That, that Sinbad was, was in Shazam. Well, so that's part, he was he was uh, so there was another, and this is funny because it taps on all the fake news stuff. So Sinbad uh, was implicated in what's being called this the Mandela effect, which is like uh, people who believe in this parallel universe that kind of happened in the '90s. And there's this BuzzFeed article that's dedicated to it, and it's like it's all quirky stuff, like nothing like super serious. So it's like people who believe that Chick Fil A was spelt differently, that it didn't have a K at some point, but people in the '90s were like, oh, I swear it had a K. And one of the things that uh, was another part of it was that Sinbad had made this genie movie, Shazam, which, you know, plotline and everything else seems a lot like Shaq's movie. I was going to say, Kazam. wasn't it? Kazam. And, okay. And part of it, I was kind of like, well, are people kind of just racist enough to think maybe he made this? 
because I was like, I was like, shouldn't he be a little bit offended to just assume that he had starred as a black genie in a movie like that didn't happen? And there are still a lot of people that swear and, and think. And I even had to give it like a double take. And I actually in a, have developed a weird stemming from Twitter friendship with Sinbad. That's amazing. And uh, we got to get Sinbad here. You should. No, he, well, yeah, he's going to come on the podcast and do a live show. I'll tell you what, he is. We're going to crowdfund this show. He'll be no, he'll be here. He told me he's going to be here sometime in February or March uh, to perform at the Arlington Draft House. Really? Yeah. So maybe when he comes in here, she comes stop by here. Oh my God! Well, but, well, mm, he, the, the Draft House is a huge competitor of improv, so that might get me in trouble. But <laughs> I'm, I don't know the rules. I don't make the rules. I don't make well, the rules. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. And yeah. since you're here, I want to talk some pop culture stories okay so by the way we're gonna make we're gonna talk about the list that came out of the the top 10 worst jobs of 2016 and i think i qualify for three of them so i want your opinion (laughs) on that also i want your thoughts because obviously you're very on the pulse of entertainment people politicians ellen has now uh ditched a gospel singer who went on an anti-gay rant and i'm very upset i'm this story irritates the hell out of me because i'm like I know people are pissed at Ellen for attempting or potentially giving her a platform, but why can't you come on and then roast the woman on Ellen? Right, right. So I want to know your thoughts, if it was good to ditch her or not. Well, I think it kind of goes back to, like, you know, uh, the new digital media world we live in. Well, we're going to talk more about that. And then also, speaking of that, too, I am please. for some reason, I don't know what's going on in the universe, but I need people to stop messaging me this hoax message that I keep receiving, okay? So I'm also going to dive into that. Uh, I want to hit you with a disclaimer, and then we'll get into all this good stuff, and Eric will be weighing in. Uh, I can't wait. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh. And there you go. And I already swore before it even started, but in the meantime. <laughs> um, and, of course, you know, too, you brought this up. One of the first stories that we can start with is the right. kid that dabbed. Oh my God. Uh, on the Hill yesterday with, with the swearing in. Yeah. So, look, you know politics more than I do. Right. Tell me, set this story up for me so we can, because people are upset about that, right? Well, you know, people are, are charged in, a, in a, a bunch of different directions of this. So, I guess during, you know, every Congress, they have this, you know, ceremonial thing where all the House members have to come and they swear in with Paul Ryan. And I, uh, I guess one of these lawmakers, his son, was, you know, holding the Bible. Or he didn't have to hold the Bible. Someone else, I think his wife was holding the Bible, but the kid was in the background. And as they were getting ready to take pictures, he just decided to throw up the dab. <laughs> and Paul Ryan was wildly confused. I remember he, he, you can hear him asking, he's like, Are you, do you need to sneeze? Or, But it's like, it's so clear. Like, this kid's just trying. He wants to get meme worthy. And I respect the hell out of him for it. Even though I can, re- the, there have been conflicting arguments like, well, he's taken away from his dad's like great moment and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, yeah, I get it. And they redid the photo, so it looked, turned out all right anyway but that takes a lot of balls to kind of try and pull that off as some punk kid and you know for all the crap that a politician's kids got to go through it's like you know what you got a moment just seize it and i i think i think this kid's phenomenal so by the way did did uh paul ryan tweet something too about it being disrespectful or am i getting that completely Ooh, wrong yeah no i didn't see that actually okay, no, that, no, maybe I'm that sure was possible a, no um, that's probably fake news so yeah that, that, that might be i might have to check that out but maybe you're all <laughs> yeah, right no, there. <laughs> i thought that there was something that paul ryan actually made a comment that he kind of thought it was disrespectful and then they retook the but i have no idea i mean he also said that a lot of the things that trump did was disrespectful and then he handed him a packers jersey with uh <laughs> with a with a 
number of his presence uh, title on, on the back of it. So he's kind of backtracked on a lot of things. That's I think, like so. a whole nother podcast. <laughs> no. You're a bleeding heart liberal, which is <laughs> which is great. I get a lot of flack on this podcast for only having conservatives on. So okay. thank you for being, hey. I hope. Super liberal. Happy to be your liberal voice for this thing. Come on. We need it. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask you about a friend's situation. So last night I was out with a friend of mine who is, who's right. going through a divorce. It's too bad. Sorry and, for him. Hurt well, he's, he's actually happy, I think. I think he's relieved. Well, you, you know, know, it's like Louis C.K. said once, no good marriage ends in divorce. That would be a real tragedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like if you're out of the blue and you guys are having – you just celebrate a great anniversary. The next day it's like, I want a divorce. That's terrible. <laughs> But I feel like, you know, it ends up being a good thing. And all, at least the divorce folks I know, there's that weird period where they're just like, you go out and you have beers with them. And they're just like, you know, the sky is falling. Everything's shit. And then they get yeah, back in their group. Do. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. It Yeah. Because it does, it is very odd when you're off the dating scene. Like, I don't know how long your longest relationship has right, ever been. Right, but right. mine's like, have you ever been married, by the way? No. Okay. Not yet. Yeah, at least either. I'm not aware of. Oh. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no drunk one night stand in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. No, that hasn't been the case. Um, but anyway, my longest relationship was almost five years. And okay. I do remember it is kind of strange once you're back out on the dating scene. Like you forget how many people play games. Like you forget that there's all this crazy text oh, yeah. etiquette now. And yeah. there's all this like, you know, now nobody really wants to go to dinner. Essentially, they want to meet for like a drink or friend hangout first. It's always rules right. that you have to then catch up on. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But um. So anyway, my friend was out last night and he was talking about, did you ever, have you ever gotten out of a relationship and then you had to unlearn a habit that you developed in your relationship? And he was telling me this, you know, his ex-wife, he always had to lie to her about who he was hanging out with because she was very jealous. She didn't want him going out, even though the guy has like a business job. Right. She didn't want him going to dinner by himself with like a woman or, you know, he didn't, she didn't want him going to certain parties. Right. So he began to kind of be very vague about details. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, and I, I don't, I don't know the scenario, but even like with your guy friends, because I feel like there comes a point where like, uh, you know, you're in a relationship and uh, your girlfriend just hates like some of your guy friends and you really hate owning up to me like, oh, I'm going to hang out with, you know, that one shithead friend you like. Yeah. Because then, like, in her mind, it's like, oh, you guys are going to go out and just cause trouble and get yourself in trouble and all this other stuff. So it's hard. I mean, you know, obviously, it's like you have to be honest about those things, though, because you can't be honest about, you know, here you can hang it out with. Then it just starts a slippery slope. You know what I mean? Where does it stop? That's a good point. point. I know. So he, he was saying he has to unlearn now, like he's dating somebody new, and he has to remind himself, like, he can just tell her the truth. Like right. he doesn't have to make up a story. But I was thinking about this in my relationship and I did date a hoarder. And so I used to throw away his stuff <laughs> when he wasn't there. <laughs> so, like, so I find that now in my relationship and stuff, like I ask, I have to ask the person, I have to force myself to ask my boyfriend to throw something away. Cause I was used to, like I would wait until the guy, you right. know, just left early in the morning and then I would clear out a bunch of his shit and throw it away. Yeah. Cause he was such a hoarder. Right. So that took me a while. I think my habit has always been farting quite frankly. <laughs> Frankly, I think that's something because you know I get too comfortable, and I'm just like, I, really? Yeah. Will you like fart like second? Not third like day? not like out in public, but it's like you know if I'm at home chilling or whatever, and then you know you have a big burrito dinner, things are unpredictable. I think that farting is probably. How have women taken that? Were they like? Well, that's that. You know, you gotta. It's hard to time that. It's like uh, you hear her burp. Yes. And I'm like, oh, she burped. You know, now you know. I feel like I have an open opportunity at some point. I don't burp often. It's like, you know. Just you let one out, and then then it starts to slippery slope. I'm always letting you know, but this only happens in private. I'll never go to like a nice restaurant and 
and do that. Have I, you ever had a significant other who was really just turned off by your, you know, kind of unexpected farting? Pretty much every single one. I think that's <laughs> why they ended, to be honest. No, really? I'm just kidding. That's definitely not why they ended. That's definitely not why they ended. But it definitely didn't really help my cause a whole lot. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. <laughs> well, anyway, it, you know what? And by the way, do you have social uh, media? Like, where can people follow you? Oh, uh, well, on Facebook, uh, if you just... Follow me at, at facebook.com slash the real Eric Sanchez as if there'll be a fake one. But that's E-R-I-C-K because my parents screwed me on the spelling of my name. Oh, but I, I could have just been E-R-I-C or E-R-I-K and had no problems. But they gave me the C and the K and people screw that up all the time. Ah, got um, it. Okay, cool. But Twitter, I love doing the Twitter stuff, and that's just at Eric M. Sanchez, spelled as generically as Sanchez is. Fabulous. Well, yeah. you got to tweet us um, from today's show oh, well. like, what you had to, and, and I want people to tweet you too, but what you had to unlearn in a relationship. Yeah. So you can follow me on Hey Frage. It's on Twitter, Hey Frage on Instagram, and then Hey Frage Show on Snapchat. Yeah. Um, so a couple of stories in the news that I, I wanted to get your opinion on. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres says that she has now bumped the gospel singer Kim Burrell after her anti-gay sermon came out. That's right. I wasn't really familiar with Kim Burrell, by the way. But, uh, Me neither. I had to Google who she was. Yeah, she's in an upcoming movie. And so my bigger thing with this is, like, do you find it irritating that the public can control essentially who you have on as a guest or not? Because I'm the person, like, I have no judgment on people. Fine. You want to be in the KKK? Go for it. Do I think you're crazy? Sure. But I'd have you on the show. I mean, you know, I would talk to anybody because I'm always fascinated. What leads you right. to be so, like, how can you spend so much time being hateful towards somebody? Well, like, anyone, yeah. you know? We've had an ex-gay therapist on here. So, Christopher Doyle, I, I consider him a friend. He's an interesting guy. Do I think you can really counsel someone to be sort of less gay or whatever? Not really, but... He's been amazing. I'll have him on the show. Right. So I'm just always fascinated that then people will cave to public, I guess, consensus, if you will. Well, you know, and, and I say to your credit, you definitely do uh, bring on guests that will, you know, push the envelope, especially for your listeners and all this other stuff. And I remember when I came for the live show here, you had uh, Amorosa on. Who now, <laughs> oh, you were there for that show? Yeah, I was. Oh, my God. Who I, who I now, I guess, will be, you know, uh, the top three in the White House at this point. But, you know, obviously that was at the point where uh, everyone, you know, I guess thought Hillary was inevitable and all this other stuff. But it is great to, to see the viewpoint. Now, I feel like in this case, and I also didn't know who Kim Burrell was until I thought she was a real housewife until I realized she I wasn't. did, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know. I think it, it it goes to the credit. Now, when she was going to go on the show, it was going to be the, in the capacity as a performer, is what I understand. Correct. With Pharrell and right. um, there was one other person, um, too. Um, was it Maya? There's another. No, Janelle Monet. Oh, so Janelle they were, Monet. They That's were right. all going to perform a song together. You're correct. That's right. So they're going to perform a song together. And, you know, social media backlash came in really heavily. Um, and I guess in that capacity, and sometimes it's a knee-jerk reaction, and I think that, you know, Ellen, you know, being a really outspoken LGBTQ advocate, uh, just kind of noticed that it would be in bad form to have Kimbrell perform. Now, and maybe, do you agree? Do you think it would? I agree with that. You yeah. know, I think, you know, sometimes you have to make a gut decision in, in light of that stuff. I know it's not easy, but I remember, uh, I think back to a point where I had a petition that didn't do poorly, or didn't do well, I should say, um, uh, trying to get... Donald Trump's Twitter account knocked off. And I, oh. I, and this was, yeah, this was a lot. <laughs> I'm sure that went 
over well. It, it well, obviously the controversy <laughs> with like the Trump oil was bad, but I also got a lot of flack from uh, my own folks and progressives, like because because they, in their opinion, and I've learned to agree with it, is like, yeah, he says a bunch of hateful stuff, but also he's putting his foot in his mouth in some regards. You know, I'm a little nervous now because he seems really loose candidate in terms of things that he's on saying. social and now, media. Yeah, you and, might have been onto something, but and, right. <laughs> and, and now it's like, I mean, this he could cause an actual international, you know, disturbance with with his Twitter account. You know yeah, what I mean? absolutely. But you know, I kind of take it b- back to that, and I, I've kind of learned and meddling with uh, some of these social media tools and stuff like that, like understanding viewpoints, understanding emotion. And in some instances, you know, if, if the overwhelming public response is there, then it makes sense. But on the flip side, it's like the same thing happened when Trump was going to go host SNL. Uh, right. And there was a petition that got a ton of signatures there. Um, but I thought, you know, at least to SNL's credit, you know, they did a pretty good job of adding some roast character varieties. But then again, at the same time, uh, Trump didn't look like he was going to be winning. You know, what I mean? So it's the environment's changed. He's been on Fallon, did all that stuff. So, yeah, there's like a, it's a double-edged sword. Um, I would have had her on. I was disappointed. I mean, I understand what you're saying because Ellen is, of course, a big advocate right. for gay rights. But um, but I don't know. I feel like Ellen, of all people, too, would have maybe been able to talk some sense into her. And by the way, Burl's right. quote, one of her quotes in a video was that she says this, quote, that perverted homosexual spirit and the spirit of delusion and confusion. It has deceived many men and women. It's come into our church and it has embarrassed the kingdom of God. Now, Burrow said that and that quote was by Entertainment Weekly. But then she goes on to say, I never said LGBT. I said sin. Burl said in the first video per Entertainment Entertainment Weekly to every person that is dealing with a homosexual spirit that has it. I love you because God loves you, but God hates the sin in you and me. Oh, goodness. Anything that is against <laughs> the nature of God, I'm called to do what God called me to do. And that's it. And I do it with passion. Well, has God weighed in yet? Has he had a chance to speak through a representative? I have not seen his statement. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, she's off the show, and I, I think a lot of people are probably with well, you. I think uh, maybe if they had given her the opportunity to say, hey, come explain yourself. Maybe you can't perform, but you can. And if she continued to put her foot in her mouth, that's on her. you know. But, yeah, I, I would agree. At the very least, give her the outlet to. Well, Ellen would have, I feel like, put yeah. her in her place. Now we're not going to hear from her. Yeah, we'll have no idea. Uh, Tony Kornheiser and Gary Williams, you, I'm sure you saw that Washington Post story as well. Maury Povich have apparently bought Chadwick's up on Wisconsin. Have you ever spent any time at Chadwick's up there? I haven't. Um, you know, or I guess I guess it's I guess it's now it's now, now Chad's. Sorry, it used to be Chadwick's. They turned it to Chad's. Well, everyone that hangs out there is named Chad, so that's probably probably has an influence. <laughs> in it. That did it. Yeah, but it's funny because I read a, a, an article. This is like maybe a month or two ago about how they're expecting a very big revival in Georgetown in light of the fact that we're going to have a big influx of Republican staffers, you know, with a new administration coming in, all that stuff. Because it looked kind of bleak for a while. Like, so many bars shut down. Oh, at Georgetown, yes. Yeah, you know. And some of the stores. Like, I just feel like, in general, it's... Right. Don't you feel like now Georgetown's one of the least hottest neighborhoods in all all of D.C.? Absolutely. That, and I gotta say, like, I don't know. I drive through Van Ness now, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Connecticut Avenue, I'm just like, God, so tired. Well, so, you know, who's that big bar? Uh, Fritz Brogan? Oh, yeah, that where's it? that? So he, he uh, I think he still owns Smith Point and a couple others. Oh, sure, but he, sure, sure. he opened up a place on U Street uh, called, what was it called? Hawthorne. I remember running into him, and, I, I you know, we didn't get to chat a whole lot, but I, I just saw and recognized that even he realizes that 
at least at the time, Georgetown wasn't as hot as it once was. And then now he's got a spot on U Street because that's where everyone's hanging out. That's now. where everyone is. 14th um, Logan, U Street. Exactly. Yeah. Shaw. And, and even like it, it's moved out of Adams Morgan and they've all kind of, yeah, they've all kind of assumed those different neighborhoods at this point. So it's been interesting to see that. Uh, Tony Kornheiser, by the way, said he's going to put in a podcast studio for himself there at, and Chad's, by the way, they're going to change the name, remodel it. And then um, he's also looking for local podcasters. So I want a campaign. You want to get on the, it? For there, yeah. Oh, is that right? You want to get it on that? Uh, get, I don't know. It's not really clear if he... I don't think he's launching his own podcast network. I think he's just going to have a studio at the restaurant. And then he's saying, look, I'm thinking about letting some local podcasters and talent do their shows out of here. Well, I'm sure that the mics will be soaked in fireball and surrounded by assholes. That's all I got to say about it. Uh, here are some of the 10 worst jobs in 2016. I feel like I've held three of them. Wanted to see, Eric, if you've done any of these. Um, in no... Well, from 10 to 1, okay? So, and by the way, this list was all compiled by uh, four main criteria from careercast.com. They ranked 200 jobs. Environment, stress, income, and outlook. All okay. right? Number 10 on the list was a firefighter as the worst job. Uh, number 9 was a taxi driver. Number 8 was advertising sales. Now, I've never had to do sales until right. I launched this podcast. Right. And then part of it is really going out and doing sales. And it is a brutal... Is it, it's got to be terrible, right? Well, like you and I were talking about this before yeah. we started the show. The hardest part is some people are your friends. Some people are, you know, companies you've worked with in the past. It's always hard asking them, I feel like, for the bottom line, for the right. money. Right, right, yeah. It's like the conversation lead up is great, but it's like, okay, cool. So, um... What are you going to, $10,000, is that like in the budget? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's hard because it's like, you know, you, you fall out of touch with some people for a year and then, you know, you realize that once you go out on your own, you know, you need to touch base with these people. But I have a very hard time, like, you know, transitioning a conversation like, hey, how's your family? Be like, hey, I want your money. <laughs> like, exactly. I can't do it. I'm not good at it. Like, I'm su- I get too soaked up in like trying to rebuild the actual relationship that when it gets to that point, I just never get there. Well, Eric, Even I know let me tell necessary. you, you'll soon leave when. When the bills start coming in, you yeah. will begin to get quick about going, hey, you oh, know what? Yeah. Glad the kids are fine. <laughs> All right, now how much? Yeah, exactly. Uh, number seven is retail sales. Six was pest <sighs> control. Pest control sounds like an easy gig to me. Yeah, I have a great retail sales story. That oh, you do? Did you ever work in a- uh, Well, back in college, um, I remember I worked at a J Crew for one month. And this was actually in, uh, in the Tyson's Galleria. Oh, really? And so the day before I started my job, uh, one of the buddies that recommended me had gotten popped for stealing a bunch of merch. <laughs> and I mean, like, thousands of dollars. And so it was one of those things where the police had to come in and all this other stuff. He paid back, you know, the merch money. But then my, my first day was the very next day. So oh my I God. come in and the manager automatically hates me. He's like, obviously you're a scumbag by affiliation. <laughs> and it was the worst month and I sucked at folding clothes and shit. And I had all these just, you know, needy assholes coming in trying to buy cardigans. And I'm just like having a terrible. And I remember one night uh, that month later, after I totally soaked that J. Crew like discount, which was amazing, by the way. <laughs> but uh, the manager comes up to me. She's like, you know, Eric, I don't think retail clothes is for you. And I look at her. I go, you know what? You're right. Fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> like, I, I, I dropped the shirt. I dropped that like 59. You were like, oh, that was it? Yeah. There was no like a, hey, two no. days notice? It was, it was like, you're it right. It was like, you're Fuck right. You. I'm out. Like it was after a month of just tumultuous, just snark in my way. Like, how's your friend doing? I'm like, I'm barely friends with that dude. He just helped me get this job. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. And then actually the day after that, I started really investing in to like political work and all that stuff. And it was for the better. Uh, it was literally, this was uh, my junior year of college. And I was just like, 
I, Who I shouldn't knew be the uh, J. Crew group was so bullish? I can't believe they were picking on you over that. Oh, my favorite thing too when I started there. So what the a first, bunch of assholes! The first day I came in, I didn't didn't have any J. Crew clothes or that stuff. I came in with like nice slacks, a tie, whatever, sleeves rolled up. I thought I looked kind of the look or whatever, and she's like. You need to change your outfit. Observe. And she's like, you look fine, but observe today. And then tomorrow, come in with a more J. Crew appropriate outfit. So the next day, I showed up in salmon shorts, a polo, a blazer, and, uh, and, and boat shoes like I was going to a goddamn regatta. And I walk, and she's like, that's exactly what I was looking for. And I was like, this place is nuts. I don't know how long I'm going to last here, but we'll give it a go. That seems like a typical <laughs> Georgetown attire, though. Oh, absolutely. Does that drive you nuts? Because, by the way, today you're dressed really nice. you got a Patagonia sweater on. Uh, you know, you got a collared shirt under that. Try the my hair best. is amazing. Thank the hair you so is, much. Is Look, I style it just for you. Super thick, little slicked bag. But does it drive you crazy about D.C.? The um, I feel like that is the standard look in the summer, is the polo shirt, the, the blue blazer, salmon we, pants. We don't have a big fashion. I mean, we do our Why best. Why is that? I have no idea. It's like we're still, no matter what, no matter what your ideology is, I feel like we're still a pretty conservative town that doesn't really push the limits in terms of what we try to do from a fashion sense. I agree. We're getting there. And it's like you look at communities like Shaw and other things and, you know, um, the businesses that are coming in, we're getting a lot of infiltration of business from New York and all these, like, direct-to-consumer places. And I think that's helping out a bit. But, like, even then, everyone's wearing Warby Parkers now. Did you? <laughs> like, know, what's going true. on? Like, By the way, did you read that story where Donald Trump being elected president that, you know, in times of turmoil, fashion gets more extreme? Do you think that might happen in D.C.? Um, I'd like to say that's the case. So far, it's just been safety pins, but <laughs> yeah. which I don't really get that whole thing either but um, oh the safety pin on the collar right which is all what about um it's like i don't even remember now it's essentially saying like what you're for all rights or for your for or it's just a kind of like a, a show there's some history behind it and i forgot the history is but it's yeah, me basically too. a symbol of defiance against this presidency and oh, you know, oh, oh, oh which i understand like i get it and i know that you know obviously there's still some raw emotions there so i don't want to sound insensitive but at the same time it's like you know you're like get the fuck over well it. let's just harness this all into organizing things and like getting back on the uh, on the horse and like let's let's move like, right yeah. i'm with you yeah. i don't know why people are still at a standstill i yeah I, you know and i know it's going to be probably for the next couple of weeks during this inauguration it'll be a little bit jury i personally i mean i'm getting out of town that weekend i'm going to miami uh just to kind of hang out to get away from this a little bit but you know once i get back uh that was kind of a good decision right after the election but uh, it'll be nice to get down south anyway. But once I get back, like, I'm ready to work and just kind of get reinvested in everything I love it. Yeah. Um, just to finish out this list, so number six was pest control. Five was enlisted military. I agree with that. I'm sure that's a very stressful job, especially if you have a family, moving them around a lot. Uh, number four was DJ. Yes, I can totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. DJ is one of <laughs> Number three is broadcaster. I can completely understand. And number two is a logger. I feel like it's pathetic that I've signed on for, like, three of these things. What's a logger? They essentially just go logging in the woods. Like in the main woods, they still log. Like they get like cut down a bunch of trees, haul them in a truck, use them for paper, use them for like boards. Basically logging. I, Never heard of that. No, Where'd I have you no idea. Up? I mean, I grew up in Northern Virginia. It's probably oh. part of it. So I had no idea that was a profession. <laughs> yeah, well, it's brutal. Shit. You're out there all winter. I don't think you make particularly a lot of money. Very dangerous as well. But I feel like you got to get to reflect a little bit. You know what I mean? And. Get out there Do you think thoughts? or with a heavy chainsaw and a bulldozer going, it's kind of... Yeah, it probably gets stressful after a while. I could see that. Uh, number one is newspaper reporter. 
Yeah. All those. I can't believe I've picked this occupation. DJ, by the way, most DJs just don't make that much money. And the industry is much yeah. like J. Crew. It's really a terrible business. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of the worst. Right. I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> um, so there were a couple of things that happened to me, too, over the, the weekend or over the holiday when I was up in Maine, too. I wanted to, to get your thoughts on this. So. When I was up in Maine, I was staying with my brother, right, at my brother's place. And, you know, my brother's a single dad. He's not dating anybody. So when we get there, I would say, you know, he almost lives like a single guy would live, right? You know, there's dishes in the sink. There's a sofa, but the sofa, for some reason, isn't faced towards the television. There's, like, a random chair over here. So my my mom, my boyfriend, we're all staying there, right? So we want to watch TV at night. Seth goes to work that day. So we decide to rearrange the furniture so we can have a nice afternoon, watch the TV at night. You know, do the dishes, all this stuff. He was very upset. He was totally pissed off that we came in and rearranged his stuff. And basically said, maybe this is a theme, by the way, with me, I'm feeling like today. Because the hoarder guy used to throw away all his stuff. (laughs) And now this. But I want to know, would that disturb you? Not at all. Do you live by yourself? No. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, if anything, you probably all rearrange the furniture better. Thank you. Good. You know, Thank because you. it's like, and I've been lucky in terms of just having different guidance to make sure that the my place doesn't look like crap. And it's like, you know, one of the things is, you know, when I see single guys, you can always tell when you walk into a single guy's place. They always <laughs> what have. What are the giveaways? Yeah. Well, the giveaways are they have this ratty ass Craigslist couch, but they always have an 80 inch TV. <laughs> Like they always spend their money in their home in the worst ways. It's it's so ridiculous. Yep. And it's so easy to spot, and they usually have like a Scarface poster somewhere or something like that. Actually, maybe that's a little bit of retrograde. But at this point, you know, they're always proud of some random stupid thing, right? Yeah. They're like, "Man, this TV's dope." And I'm like, "Yeah, but your couch is literally falling apart at the seams." <laughs> Like, your lazy boy doesn't even seem all that – it's too lazy at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's barely functional. So that's, like – that's a hard part of it, too. Good. Well, yeah. I ended up apologizing to him, and then I walked away you and I thought, have. you know what? No. Yeah, we did you a favor. Yeah. Your, your, his place probably looks a lot better by comparison. It does. I could actually call him, too, and find out if he kept the furniture arranged the way we did it. Because I'm like, you're expecting guests. Like, don't you uh, – why is the couch turned around the other way? <laughs> it doesn't make any I'm sense. I'm so confused yeah. by this. Absolutely. Was, well, that's good to know That because I needed some reassurance that I actually did that right. Right. No, was, I've, I've seen a lot of single guy decor, and it's it's always interesting to see how they decide to do it. Uh, speaking of being single, I also saw that you posted this, and I'm not sure if they're friends of yours or, or why, but there's a new dating app in D.C. Oh, with Jesus. like a monster – get me started. Really? No, so why actually get with... me started. Okay, good. <laughs> So the league is a new dating app that apparently I read the story it was supposed to launch Valentine's Day of 2017 right. but sounds like maybe the demand they thought was there or whatever they've created demand. So they launched this past fall and there's like something like 10,000 people on the waiting list while only like 1100, 1200 were accepted. So why did you post about this story? Well, my I remember my comment was uh late night shots 2.0. And <laughs> you know, I I don't know if you remember late night shots. It was uh, something that was really similar back in, I want to say the 2000s or something like that. Here and in D.C. Yeah, this was when I was wrapping up college, and it was here in D.C. And uh, Yeah, I do remember this. And was it, it a blog or was it an well, ad? It was kind of like, you know, they served, it was a little bit multi. I think even then, late night shots had a few redeeming qualities that this this thing doesn't. But, you know, at least they had like some fun satire about things happening around the city in, in some senses. But it still was built to be this like super exclusive community for like, you know, the DC quote unquote elite, meaning like, you know, uh, trust fund kids that are just too good for 
you know, the rest of the society and all this other stuff in Washington. And I feel like at that time, maybe it served a purpose because I felt like at least the stigma of folks who were being social in Washington maybe fit that to some categories. But it's like, you know, especially in the last eight years, I feel like we've really evolved uh, as a community. And to see something like this league app come in and say, you know, uh, some of the quotes in this article were disgusting, too. Like, whoever the founder was, was like, she was like, Wait, well... because she says it's not elite, right? They, that the whole premise of the league is essentially they, that the founder says they want people who are going to put effort into their dating profiles. But you yeah. don't buy that? But uh, I don't buy it for shit. So she was like... <laughs> She was like, uh, she's like, let's say you're a nanny, but let's say you nanny for like a really rich family. You might be able to get in this app. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, ah. is this the point that we're getting into? Like, you're trying to bring us back to a period we don't really need to belong in at this point. And I just can't. I don't know. For me, it's like uh, you give everyone a fair shake. I think everyone deserves a shot to be able to get onto a dating site, you know, at least regionalize it so it's here. And, yeah, find similar interests. But to come up with this bullshit you know, league black book thing where you have to fit this certain typecast and or hit a certain dollar point or amount. I mean, you can weed that all through with with the other dating apps and let you know all the scumbags get together and do all this stuff. But the fact that there's a waiting list, it just sucks because it feels like you know you got this group of people that really you know want to be accepted, and you got people like this that'll come and say no to people who you know just want to have a shot to like you know understand how that culture works, and then it's like you're creating this roadblock of exclusivity that I just I cannot get behind. So she, by the way, says that the top three employers for members were the U.S. House of Representatives, Deloitte, yeah. uh, U.S. Department <laughs> of State, uh, and the genders are not entirely even, 44% male and 56% female. Now, she says it's supposed to, not, like you said, well, you know, I, I believe your story more, but she says it's not supposed to be elitist, um, but they're looking for people who really put time and effort into their profile. She says it doesn't matter so much about how you look, but the quality of your pictures. They're not into blurry pictures, a bad selfie, bathroom selfies just won't do. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's <laughs> disgusting. I kind of just wish we were back in the 60s where you just met some girl down the street and it all <laughs> yeah. worked out. But so did, when you post, because you really share your opinion, do you ever get any backlash? I did. Any, I did. did. You know, for this and even article, and for this article, I did. I had really? A, I had a friend who told me uh, that uh, you know this when late night shots was around, it helped her out of a rough relationship, and that you know that it was good for her to be able to get into an app that like gave her the opportunity to to find someone who was a go getter. And I'm, you know, obviously, I just didn't want to have the argument, so I was just mostly just saying you know, I'm sorry that. You know, you had this opinion. I didn't mean to, like, put you out there like that. I didn't put I'm her out I'm rolling my eyes. But at the same time, I was just like, you know, there are ways to do that without creating this super special, you know, I mean, the name itself, The League. What the hell does that mean? League of what? Like, League of Dicks? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, the League of like, Dicks. Like, just like. That should be what it's renamed. Level the playing field, especially now more than ever. It's like yeah. we need to be encouraging waves of optimism and, and networks of optimism and bringing people together. And I feel like you have apps like this that really kind of wedges people and drives people apart and that sucks oh my god i love i could i could talk to you for like two hours about all your opinions i know (laughs) oh you'll be back on i can't wait um but before we close out the show i wanted to kind of get your opinions and some advice for for listeners because people that listen to this podcast are very progressive they're always looking to launch their own businesses their own things so um one thing i want to talk about is how what's your what's your number one tip for launching some sort of Rally. I feel like we are entering into the next couple of years of sure. real activism or a Kickstarter campaign. You've been kind enough to yeah. help me out, but what's your biggest thing? You know, I think, you know, I've been trying to find the proof in the pudding. And I, like I said, I've been successful and I haven't been successful. Right. Uh, I, 
uh, tried this petition out to try and put the headphone jack in the iPhone 7. And I realized early on that, man, what? first of all, what a first world fucking problem, problem that's sure. being out okay. there in your jack. But the second point, it's like, you know, when I have been successful, I've understood that it's been like, you really have, there's, there's a key to it. Number one, it has to be personal to you. Um, you know, you can't just latch on to something without really having your own personal ah. narrative investment in it. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like when I did the Jose Andres thing, it was personal to me because I have a parent who's immigrant. Um, and I, uh, you know. And I, by the way, to give people context sure. for that, that was that was another one that you were super, you became yeah. super nationally known for, which was Jose Andres was going to have a restaurant in Donald Trump's hotel That's right. here in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And you started the campaign for him to not do that because of. Trump's comments about immigrants, and he actually yeah. pulled out because of you. He did, it's yeah, amazing, and which was Aaron. awesome. But it's like that was a personal issue to me. You're awesome, and it's like you know, at the time, it also happened to be a really fire bed issue, and just like so. And then right after the election, everyone was feeling raw, and I was also really upset. And I got inspired, and um, I noticed that there was no like official organization to kind of salute uh, Vice President Biden for all of his work. There was something already in the works for Obama. Uh, there's like a couple of things in the works for Obama, but uh, I decided to just bring people together to stand outside the Naval Observatory. We got lucky enough for him to come out of his motorcade. Yes, and talk I saw to us, that too. Which was like incredible. But it's like I, I keep I'm understanding more about that and how um, organizing people best. And I think if you look, especially at the last, last election, uh, there's no better organizer than understanding emotion. And if you look at the way that Donald Trump did it, you know he organized on fear. Right. Um, orga- right. And, and understood his base and was or- able to organize even veil- in a veiled sense around hate and other things. But he understood emotion. Uh, and I've learned that in the success that I've had, it's been because of understanding that type of emotion, you have the ability to influence people. And so, so it's kind of our responsibility as like business owners, thought leaders, influence makers, wherever you fall into that category. Okay. Uh, lightning round here to close it Absolutely. out, by the way. Uh, Kenny Loggins, was he worth it? Was that guy really nice in real life or total dick? He was nice in real life. His old management sucked ass. They were terrible. He has new management. They're great. His current manager is absolutely a top-notch dude. Okay. Jose Andreas, do you think he was pissed that you actually affected his bottom line? Still trying to figure it out. Oh, I bet. See, I don't think Jose Andreas was all that happy with you. I think he he was like, oh, fuck, this guy. I think he was on the the fence, but I feel like, um, you know, I hope that we can become friends because I really love his food and I really love him as a person. I hope that we can open that relationship. Keep sucking ass, Eric. I'll try my best. (laughs) Jose, come on. Hook me up, dog. We got it together. Last question. Pizzagate. You organized that. That's right. Okay. Any truth to Pizzagate at all? Uh, there's no basements. Uh, there are no children. Are being you trapped. sure? I'm going to say this. <laughs> I'm not feeding into it. I am not feeding into it. I just found it so bizarre that people will take the time. That Reddit page that linked. Um, who, what was the owner's name of Comet Ping Pong? Uh, James Elephantis. Holy crap. Yeah. All the things. Why, if there is no truth to it, do you think people waste their time going to these extremes? Well, they said 40%, 40, 46% of Trump supporters still believe that Pizzagate is a reality and it's like and even today he's still getting flagged for it but um you know i've been there uh a bunch of times and it's like the only things you can get there is pizza and ping pong those are the two things that comet ping pong pizza (laughs) offers but i mean you know not to diminish like and one of the things that i'm hoping to do with james we're we're organizing a fundraiser next year at some point uh for hope for justice a really great organization that deals with human trafficking great stuff and we'd love to be able to put an event together with uh, a bunch of folks obviously you need to be there uh once we get all the dates settled it won't be until the spring so we got time oh my god you come on this yeah 
any closing words? Because you come on this podcast leaving me with more questions. Well, I mean, I'll be I, back, and we'll keep riffing on this. This is fun. I can't believe we're already over. This sucks. I want another hour. I know. We need another <laughs> hour. That's what everybody says. Bring Sinbad. Bring him in. We'll do a little Comet Ping Pong Pizza. Absolutely. I mean, we'll really make it a trifecta. We'll try and reach out to Amarosa if she's over trying to sue me. I mean, we'll get everybody in here. That would be like an epic show, Let's right? Let's do it. Yeah, we we'll have a full roundtable. I'm down. Yeah, somebody, an, a representative from Apple, will you please bring back the Jack? Yo, I mean, bring all the that Jack shit. back. I'm just <laughs> saying. Let's do this. Back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eric Sanchez, look him up. Google him. You need to be following him. E-R-I-C-K Sanchez. Uh, you right. can follow you on Facebook. You are amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much be- for being on. Uh, I'm so honored to be here, and I'm so proud of what you've been able to do over the past couple oh, years. Really. Thank you. Well, awesome. you've been a wonderful friend. Hey. And, um I hope everyone enjoyed this. If not, post on your... (laughs) Yeah, if not, just delete the download. Do whatever. I mean, come on. Let's do this. Bye, everybody. (laughs) You can always email me your feedback. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at HeyFrage.com. Also, if you love this podcast, please share it and retweet us. Um, And we're always on PodcastOne.com. You can find us there and iTunes. Bye, everybody.